Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, what's up? My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. Welcome. We are continuing our discussion on the virtues this week, and we're not going to be talking about any one particular virtue. Usually, you know, I do some sort of like a catechesis on a specific virtue in this series. Today, we're going to be doing something a little different, and we're going to look at an excerpt by a man who needs no introduction, G.K. Chesterton. In one of his books, Orthodoxy, if you have ever read it, I have to be very honest with you. I have never finished this book. I have read it, quote unquote, five different times, but I've never gotten to the end. There is a section in this book, I think it's in the third section, and this section is titled The Suicide of Thought. This is probably one of my favorite sections, at least that I've read, where he talks about the virtues. And I remember reading reading this section and it always captivated me and I would just go over and over and over and just chew it over. And I feel like After I finished our last episode on prudence, I was like, oh my gosh, I should have mentioned this excerpt from Chesterton. It is so perfect. So this episode, I hope, is going to shed light on the power of the virtues in general and what they can do, you know, um, for good or for ill, as well as the necessity for us to cultivate the virtue of prudence, which we went over last week. If you have not been listening to our virtue series, there is a link down in the show notes for you so you can listen and get up to date. All right, so here is the excerpt. The modern world is not evil. In some ways, the modern world is far too good. It is full of wild and wasted virtues. When a religious scheme is shattered, as Christianity was shattered at the Reformation. It is not merely the vices that are let loose. The vices are indeed let loose, and they wander and they do damage. But the virtues are let loose also, and the virtues wander more wildly, and the virtues do more terrible damage. The modern world is full of the old Christian virtues gone mad. The virtues have gone mad because they have been isolated from each other and are wandering alone. Thus, some scientists care for truth, and their truth is pitiless. Thus, some humanitarians only care for pity, and their pity, I am sorry to say, is often untruthful. So when I read this, every time I read this, I'm always like captivated and struck by a couple of things. First is when he says that the virtues are let loose, and the virtues do more damage when they are let loose and they wander wildly, okay? That always sticks out to me. Then when he says that the modern world is full of old Christian virtues gone mad. And I always wonder, what does he mean by that? And he follows it up by kind of explaining, well, by explaining, but if you don't really understand this concept, then it it does confuse you a bit. When he says that the virtues have gone mad because they have been isolated from each other and are wandering alone. Here's the thing. What he's saying here is very true. The virtues are connected. God created them to be connected to each other. And that is so that they help each other grow, right? So as you grow in one virtue, it'll help strengthen another. If you remember a couple episodes back when I gave that example of me getting up with my first alarm in the morning, how all these different virtues are being activated, right? Also, when the virtues are 
um, are working in tandem, they keep each other in check, right? And Chesterton isn't the first person to figure this out, right? The church fathers have been saying this forever. St. Ambrose, when he did a commentary on Luke, he said that the virtues are connected and linked together so that whoever has one is seen to have several. Augustine says something similar in his work on the Trinity when he says that the virtues that reside in the human mind are quite inseparable from one another, right? So he says they can't even be separated if they are like true virtues. And then St. Gregory the Great, he says that one virtue without another is either of no account whatsoever, right? So it's not really a virtue or it's very imperfect, meaning that it's one of these Virtues gone mad, as Chesterton would put it. So one virtue leans on another to help balance it out. And when isolated, the virtues, they run the risk of becoming vices. So how is that even possible? Because if a virtue is something good, how could it then become something bad, such as a vice? Okay, the surefire way for that to happen is when it is isolated from the faith, because Jesus Christ is the balance of virtues, right? He's the incarnation of all of the virtues perfectly perfect and perfectly balanced. This speaks to what Chesterton was saying when he said that when a religious scheme is shattered as Christianity was shattered at the Reformation, right? Not only are the vices let loose, right? So this means that like when the virtues are taken out of context, right? When they're taken out of the faith, when they're taken out of the church that was intended to safeguard all of the revelation from God, which the virtues are a revelation from God, right? So when they're not being safeguarded by the church, by the proper authority, then you're going to have people making up their own rules about the virtues, right? And an obvious example of this is things such as communism and socialism, right? They sold themselves as virtuous, right? And they tried to uphold virtues as courage and justice and temperance, but they weren't balanced because, first of all, they were taken out of their context, which is the faith, right? And taken away from Jesus, right? Jesus was removed from the virtues and it was seen as solely a human effort. And when this happens, the definition changes, right? Because, you know, taken away from Jesus, you can define them how you want. And also they weren't balanced because they weren't working with all of the other virtues, right? You can't just say, I only want to work on these couple of virtues, right? You have to work on them all. They all have to be present because they all keep each other in balance. You know, Flannery O'Connor said something that I think really speaks to today's society and how the virtues have gone mad. She said that compassion leads to the gas chamber. And I know that got really dark really fast, but let's look at that for a second. First, it sounds a little weird to say that compassion leads to the gas chamber because compassion is a good thing. And it is when it's understood correctly. And Flannery O'Connor knows or knew when she said this, that in today's world, compassion is not understood correctly because by today's standards, to be compassionate about something is to basically support everything and anything that everybody wants to do. And when we do that, we end up elevating all of these vices, you know, to, and make them acceptable ways of living when actually they are sinful or idolatrous, you know, and they are destructive to the human person. 
And when we don't do that, right, when we don't uphold these things that we know to be sinful and destructive, then we're condemned by the masses, right? We're condemned by society, you know, things like abortion and euthanasia, adultery, human trafficking, you know, supporting same-sex attraction and same-sex lifestyles and pornography and sexual identity confusion, right? And any other sins or vices imaginable, right? Like we're called to be quote unquote compassionate, right? We are called to exercise this virtue. However, When we do that according to the way that the world understands compassion, what we are doing is championing, championing, why can't I say this word? We are being champions of things that lead to genocide, things that lead to the systematic death of humanity, right? So I feel like that really speaks to what's going on in the world today. And Chesterton in Orthodoxy, after that original excerpt I shared with you, he gives a couple examples. Actually, he goes on for quite a while. But there's one example in particular that I want to point out because I think it speaks to what Flannery O'Connor says and to our current day. Here's what Chesterton wrote. For example, Mr. Blatchford attacks Christianity because he is mad on one Christian virtue, the merely mystical and almost irrational virtue of charity. He has a strange idea that he will make it easier to forgive sins by saying that there are no sins to forgive. Mr. Blatchford is not only an early Christian, he is the only early Christian who ought really to have been eaten by lions. For in his case, the pagan accusation is really true. His mercy would mean mere anarchy. All right, so here's what Chesterton means when he's talking about early Christianity and being eaten by lions in the the end part here. Most of us are aware that Christianity was illegal, right, in its early day, and the pagan society, they saw having Christians around as dangerous because it would mean that their gods would not favor them anymore because Christianity was tainting them and their society and everything. So Christians were rounded up and martyred. And one of the ways in which they were martyred was to be eaten by wild beasts. Okay, Chesterton is not saying that Mr. Blatchford would have been a Christian martyr in the true sense. He's saying that Mr. Blatchford actually is guilty of a heresy that was around during the time of early Christianity, which is Pelagianism, which said that we were not born with original sin. So basically, we're not going to sin. We're not sinful, right? And as a heretic, Mr. Blatchford is the one who actually deserves to be fed to the wild beasts, to be fed to lions, not the Christian martyrs. Mr. Blatchford obviously lacked one important virtue, the virtue of prudence. Because prudence is the supreme director of the virtues. Remember, prudence is the charioteer of all of the virtues. Without the virtue of prudence, as Chesterton would say, that the other cardinal virtues would wander more wildly and do more terrible damage. Let's look at that, you know, really quickly. The virtue of courage, that without prudence could become foolishness or this adrenaline-seeking daredevil urge or lifestyle. Temperance could become scrupulous rigidity. And justice could become power-driven or a means to overlord, you know, and um, exert power and authority in a way to hold other people down. Whereas with prudence, 
the other cardinal virtues can behave properly, right? So prudence can direct courage to be wise bravery, and it can help temperance to be thoughtful self-control. And prudence will also assist justice in being mercifully fair, okay? And that's what we want. We do not want the virtues to go mad. And in order to keep them from going mad, they can't be isolated from each other. They have to all work in tandem. We have to be aware of all of them. And we need to cultivate the virtue of prudence to help wrangle them up and keep them going the course as they're supposed to. All right, if you liked this episode, please consider donating. We are 100% listener supported. So all donations go back into the ministry, into all of the behind the scenes administrative costs for running this podcast. Head over to clumsytheosis.net and then click the word donate in the menu. You could be a monthly donor or a one-time donor, however the Lord moves you. You can always find me on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Please don't forget we are on YouTube. Go subscribe. Share the videos with your friends. I believe that the Lord will be able to help and touch and direct so many souls the more we share Clumsy Theosis, and YouTube is another way to do that. Until next week, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.